the Sports Section Morning Show. So here we go. We got a lot to talk about. Like AB said, we got a lot to talk about. Ton of shit to talk about. Ton of shit to talk about. Adam Silver hitting that button on Mariah, Mariah Mills. D-Hop. And I don't know if he coming or not, but shit, we gonna hope. Marcus Smart to the M. Marcus Smart to the M. Let me repeat that. Marcus Smart to the M. Marcus Smart to the M. Come on now. Jordan Poole got his ass out of out of uh, out of the bay. Chris Paul, he he got to get back to Cali. Got to get back on his on his thing out there. You know Kanye, what Kanye said about him. You already know. Let's get some folks in here. Let's get some folks in here. Pull up the agenda for today. There we go. We taking callers too. Nine three one six zero three one four seven six. Six zero three one four seven six. Bring the energy today. Arsenal signing players and shit. Come on now. So here, I'm going to run through the agenda today we got. Man. We got quite a bit here to talk about. We got Nashville SC losing to Montreal 1-0. <clears throat> Excuse me. That was a tough loss. Arsenal finalizing the deal for Havertz. Working to push on the Declan Rice and Jerry and Timber deal. Should be able to get them done, hopefully. Man City is coming in on the Declan Rice deal. Tim Weah, U.S. Men's National Team winger slash midfielder finalizing a deal to Juventus in Italy. That's a big move for him. It's a really big club in Italy and really world football. Great move for him. Hopefully he can get a good amount of playing time. We've got a D-hop update. He's mulling multiple offers, according to Rossini. Tyreek Hill smacked the shit out of a Marina employee in the back, up the backside of the head. He probably just necked, bro. And, and they're making a big deal. I didn't even want to press charges, but he probably just necked him, you know. We've got the Vols falling to LSU 5-0. to Made too many mistakes that game. We got the, we're going to hit on the Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart trade to Memphis. Porzingis is going to Celtics. And then we got to touch on uh, Wimbanyama and Paul's going to uh, first overall to the Spurs. Then we're going to, of course, hit on CP3 for Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole headed to the Wizards. CP3 headed back to the Bay. And then we're going to talk about Nashville Stars, the expansion team that's potentially coming to the expansion MLB team. Let me, let me correct myself. Potentially coming to Nashville. They polled. Uh, the Athletic had a poll. And we'll touch on that among the MLB current players about what the best expansion city will be. So we're going to touch on all that. First off, let's get started. Let's get started. Let's get started. Nashville SC losing to Montreal 1-0. So I tuned into this about midway through the first half. And they, they didn't really have much going in the first half. They set up pretty defensively. And Montreal was pretty much on the front foot, of course. I mean, that's not a bad idea with them being away from home. So, I mean, you're going to set up and play some defense and get the feel of the game away from home. So they do that. 
Montreal, Montreal nicks a goal. We got uh, Bryce Daniels. I f- forget his name. The the 10 they had, uh, he scored. It was just a chance. A, a rebound goal came up to him on the, on the front of the box. He side-foots it into the left corner. Not much you can do about that, right? So that's that. So we're down 1-0. Now we're going into the second half. Nashville puts their foot on the gas. They're doing their thing. Heine Mukhtar is, is cooking. The other guys, are, they're, they're simmering. You know what I mean? They get an open goal. This cat, uh, the fuck is his name? Uh, let me let me look up his name because I don't want to I don't want to misspeak and put this on somebody that that didn't do it. I want to say it was Williamson. Let me see. His name, Washington, Washington. This cat, Washington. Look, so he gets a he's coming in, he's coming in from the left wing. He's no bullshit. Eight yards, eight yards from the goal, open net. The goalie's on the other side trying to deal with the cross. They cross it over to him. He tries to head it. He puts some bitch in the 10th row. 10th row. He was, I mean, he was eight yards from the goal, open goal, and he puts some bitch in the 10th row. Man, I threw the damn remote. I was pissed. Pissed. Then they have another open chance. Schefflerberg, Schefflerberg bless, his, bless his heart. He gets a shot. It's a uh they get a, a a silly turnover. Montreal has a silly turnover in their own third. Go ball goes to Heine. He lays it off to Shuffleberg. It's him and the keeper. He skies it into the 30th row. I mean, fucking ridiculous. Ridiculous. That's two chances. You know? If we just scored one of them chances, we would have been able to get out of there with a the draw. Especially with a tough schedule we got coming up. We got a Columbus midweek at Columbus, tough game. You know, and this was away at Montreal, so it's a it's a tough little away stretch. Can't let mistakes beat us like that. That's the same thing that happened to the Vols baseball. Mistakes beating them. I think they hit like five guys. You know, you cannot let mistakes beat you like that. And then overall, beyond that, they were on the front foot for the second half. They were playing, you know, playing pretty decent. I mean, of course they were sloppy, but shit, when you're playing that many games and you're away from home, you're going to be tired. That's why you got to put them chances away. Shuffleberg's got to put his away. Washington definitely has to put his away. I mean, if y'all look at the highlights of that, it was one of the it was a terrible miss. It was terrible. I'm not saying I could have done better because I can't do shit, but it was it was a terrible miss. Terrible miss. So, like I said, going forward, Nashville FC's got Columbus midweek. I want to say Wednesday at Columbus. So it's gonna be a really tough game. And there's talks of them resting some key guys for the for the weekend match, but I mean, you gotta they were on a good bit before this loss, but, I mean, they've got to right the tide. They've got to do a lot better going in midweek, at least get some momentum going back into the weekend. So, they've got to figure something out. But, of, of course, one loss isn't the end of the world, but to me it's just the manner of the loss that was just unacceptable. Two two open goals missed, and you end up losing by one. I mean, that's that's just that's hard to that's hard to stomach. Can't really do that. Hmm, let's talk about Arsenal, 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 Arsenal. Kai Havertz agreed to a deal to join Arsenal for various varying figures. There's uh, one figure that says it's 55 million pounds. That's British, of course. 55 million pounds plus 10 million in add-ons. And then you've got folks coming out closer to the Chelsea side saying that it's 60 million pounds with 5 million pounds in add-ons. So either way, you know, a lot of the fans are sort of hesitant about that deal because it's just, you know, Kai Havertz hasn't exactly 
set the world lit at Chelsea. Excuse me. He hasn't exactly set the world lit at Chelsea, but hell, who has? You know, they have a their offensive setup has just been terrible and malignant. It's just there's few attackers that have succeeded at Chelsea since Hazard has left. Eden Hazard, that is, to to be honest. So Havertz has something magical about him. There's nobody knows where the hell Arteta's gonna play him. You know, he's some say he's gonna come in and replace Granite Jacka. Some people say that he's gonna come in and provide rotation up front. I think it's gonna be a little bit of both. I think against teams that we're gonna that Arsenal's gonna control and retain the ball a lot, have about 60, 65% possession. I think it's okay to drop hazards a little deeper into midfield, possibly. But for the most part, I think he'll be played more as a nine. I know people don't don't think that's going to be the case, but I think Kai Havertz is going to be playing more more as a nine or a nine and a half, like right behind the nine, than anything else. Because he's not he's not going to play that deep. He's not going to be able to to occupy the space. Like when we drop into when we don't have the ball, which is, you know, 30 percent of the game, he's got to drop back into that into that middle block of four and block space next to whether that's hopefully Declan Rice, you know, but next to that six, he's got to be able to block space right there or else teams are going to run straight through it. Pause. That's crazy. Teams are going to just pass straight through, pass straight through us, you know, so I don't think he's going to be an eight. That that would explain why we have the, the links to Romeo Lavia, which they say is is close to getting is done on the player side, but is uh you know still some work to be done on the club side between Arsenal and Southampton. But that's why I think Havertz is coming in to provide that depth across the front line, which I think he'll do really well. And honestly, I think he'll end up displacing whether that's Jesus, maybe Mart. No, I don't know about Martinelli. But I think he'll end up displacing Jesus, or, or they'll be splitting minutes pretty pretty down the middle, to be honest. So people don't don't I don't I definitely don't think starting out he'll be doing that. But by the end of the year, he'll be getting a ton of fucking minutes, and I think he'll be succeeding. To be honest, I think he fits us like a glove. I think he'll do extremely well at Arsenal, but we'll see. It's a, it's a big fee, it's a big risk. But Arteta was pushing for the deal, and you know Arteta hasn't got much wrong in the last two or three windows with buying players and whatnot. So we will see. That remains to be seen. On to the big, big, big deal that Arsenal have been working on since allegedly January, if not before then, is the big Declan Rice deal for uh, bringing him from West Ham to Arsenal. Now, the rumor is that we've put in two different bids, a variant payment structure. One was around $75 million guaranteed with 15 more in add-ons. And the other might have been like 70 million with 15 in add-ons or 20 in add-ons, something around the 90 million pound figure. West Ham rejected those outright, allegedly. You know, some people say that they rejected them outright. Some people said that they sat and mold mold over them. But either way, it doesn't fucking matter. They rejected the bids. So they've been awaiting a third bid from us. And that bid is rumored to be around the 100 million pound mark for Declan Rice with a lot more of it up front. And less of it in installments. So I'll explain. I'll explain transfers, transfers to to the audience too that don't understand it, the payment structure of it. So in soccer slash football, when teams buy a player, they buy it and it's called it. They pay the other team that they're on a transfer fee, right? A transfer fee could be anywhere. It could be a uh, fucking five dollars, or it could be two hundred million. 
You know, Neymar went from Barcelona to PSG for 220 something million euros, a shit ton of money. And they sometimes, depending on how the, the fee, how the payment structure of that fee is, like if it's a release clause where players say have their contract with the team that they're on, they have in their contract say, I've got a hundred million euro release clause, right? Another team could come in and pay that hundred million euros anytime within the transfer window. And that team that has them is, obligated to let that player go if he chooses that's what a release clause is and that normally that fee for the release clauses has to be paid up front like money money wire type shit right it'd be at 100 million euros going to be in a bank in three business hours type shit that's not the case with this Declan Rice deal so West Ham are in a bit of trouble financially that's the team Declan Rice is on and they're wanting Arsenal to foot the bill of course, they're going to foot the bill, but to pay most of the transfer in two installments, two years. So that would be 90 million euros paid across two accounting years. You can understand why teams don't want to do that. That jacks all the accounting up when you're showing money on the books. Why would you pay 45 million over two years to pay the 90 when you could pay uh, 15 over six? I think that's I think that's how the math adds up. Or 15 over 5, something like that. It's early. You want to do the latter. You don't want to pay $45 million across across a year and that show on the accounting that you have a 90 million, 90 million euro loss over the year when you can just spread that out over, over three or four years. So Arsenal wants to spread that out over three or four years. West Ham wants that done in two years. So you can see that's a pretty, that's not a big hurdle to get over, but it's a significant hurdle. And that's what's holding the deal up at the moment. So with that being said, with the deal being at somewhat of a stalemate, I mean, they're making a little bit of progress between Arsenal and West Ham. Manchester City, Moneybag City, has came in to the fold. And they're offering the same amount, same exact amount that Arsenal has offered. But they're they're planning to do it in the two installments that West Ham is sort of wanting. So Arsenal's in a bit of trouble here. You know, I myself am confident that the deal with Declan Rice and Arsenal still get done. Because supposedly the player only wants to go to Arsenal. That makes a big deal. But money talks. So Manchester City's got the deal done with West Ham. And if they finalize it with West Ham and they agree to terms with Declan Rice, then shit, he's gone. You know, he's gone to West Ham. And then Arsenal's lost their top target for this year over some BS. I mean, it's not BS, but it's just, you know, it's frustrating because that's that's what Arsenal fans have been going through. Over the past years, it's ridiculous, you know. So, as you can tell, Arsenal fans are are a bit tense at the moment regarding that deal. But there's other deals that that Arsenal have been working on. Also, we'll talk about this Jurian Timber deal. So, Jurian Timber from Ajax over in Netherlands, he's supposed to be coming to Arsenal. Apparently, we've already agreed uh, contract terms with him on the player side. We just got to accept a fee with. Ajax for and they say they want 50 million euros Arsenal offered I think 32 and a half in mid 30s so there's a 15 million 15 million gap here and uh hopefully they're able to finalize that because Timber will be a very 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 big pickup for Arsenal he'll be able to fit he can play center back he can play right back he can invert in the midfield like we like to do with Zinchenko so I think it'll be a really good pickup and it'll really add some versatility to that back line that Arsenal so desperately needing, and we won't need Rob Holden uh, providing backup because as we he he was a little bit of a liability. 
excuse me, he was a little bit of a liability last year when he came in with Saliba's absence. So that's that with Rob Holden. But, you know, the thing with Rob Holden is I don't necessarily want him filling in and playing for Arsenal, but I sure will take him to Nashville SC. Don't get me wrong. Supposedly he was at CMAs uh, a couple weeks ago or last week, I think, or two weeks ago. Apparently he was down here at CMAs. So big fan of Nashville. Maybe he can come play for the club. You know, we would really be able to uh, really be able to use him. A back line, a, a center back pairing, a ham and and Zimmerman would be man it would be great. They they sort of complement each other too. I think it'd be excellent if we we're able to pull that off. I'm just trying to put that in put that into the atmosphere. See if we can get that back. Would love to because he's uh he's looking to leave Nashville. They might send or he's looking to leave Arsenal. Forgive me. He's looking to leave Arsenal this summer. Supposedly we might be keeping him. We might be might be uh, letting him go, but. If we keep him and he stays for the rest of his contract, then Nashville might be an option, maybe. I mean, it's, it's a long shot, but shit. He was at CMAs. He's a good center back. You know, you can't turn that down. Even though Nashville needs much more sort of a, a striker would help, but shit, shoring up the defense even more wouldn't hurt. It'll never hurt. But I think Timbers, I think Timber will succeed very much, too, at Arsenal with his versatility alone. And he's, I mean, he's very, very technical. He'll help us in the buildup. And not so much going forward, but we got to solidify our buildup. And so that way, with Timber in there, Zinchenko, uh, Saliba, and Gabriel, and then hopefully Declan Rice at the six, depending on who that new eight is, you know, we should be unpressable. Teams shouldn't be able to press us off the park like Newcastle away with two years ago. That shouldn't happen. You know, we should be able to retain the ball. And that only makes your offense better when you're able to sustain pressure and retain the ball. And have 60, 65% possession, especially if it's in the other team's half. That's that's a recipe for for success. That's what Manchester City's been doing for so long to win five fucking league titles out of six years or something crazy like that. So that's the framework for it. Hopefully we can get it done. Rice, I everybody, I think it's a consensus. Everybody knows he's gonna be a hit. You know, he's he's a he's a prodigal six. I mean, he's just a prodigy of a holding midfielder, one of the best in the world already. And he hasn't even really got the best of training from the best of coaches. He's got Brexit ball coaches between Garrett Southgate and fucking uh, David Moyes, which, you know, that has its value, too. But when you're playing for a possession based team like an Arsenal or Barcelona or a Manchester City team, there's certain technique and, and coaching that goes into making you a well-rounded, more well-rounded player in that aspect. So once he gets that, man, he'll be untouchable. He will be untouchable. So that, that's enough of Arsenal. Let's go on to U.S. men's national team star Tim Weah agreeing to a deal to go to Juventus in Italy. That's a huge deal for him. Apparently, uh, Angel De Maria, who's their right winger, is going to uh, Benfica in Portugal. So sort of like a like, maybe a like for like replacement there in Juventus. And he should get quite a few minutes there. You know, they're, they're, they're not really a team that has a lot of attacking options. They're losing Quadrado also. So that, I mean, and Vlaovic is rumored to be on the way out. So it could be a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty sour attack there, to be honest. But nonetheless, Wea getting minutes in a top Italian team. They don't have Champions League this year because of the ban, because they were uh, the shady financing they were doing. But still having another player from the U.S. men's national team on a on a prestigious in a prestigious club in Europe is a big, big win. And it, it only helps and gives these younger players and these younger kids in the United States just more more hope 
and uh, just more motivation seeing that it can be done. A guy like Tim Weah from the U.S. playing for a team like Juventus. That's major, you know. So that ripple effect of this and, you know, as much as I, as much stick as I give Polis's pause and uh, Brennan Aronson, as much as uh, as much as they grow within the European game and get to these bigger clubs in Europe, that ripple effect is going to be felt with the U.S. men's national team for years to come. I mean, you're still feeling the ripple effect of Clint Dempsey's and your Landon Donovan's, and that was almost 10, 15 years ago, if not more. So we've got a lot of players on the U.S. men's national team that are on on great clubs in Europe, in great clubs in Europe, and I hope it continues, man. It'll be nothing but nothing but good for the U.S. men's national team and. And hopefully we can start winning some more in the World Cup. So, let me get some water here. TFTV merch coming soon. We got everything from shirts to koozies to uh, mouse pads and shit. So, once we get the site finalized and we get some more samples of these other clothes in, uh, we'll be live with that. And, of course, we'll be able to put that on the stream and everything. And we'll actually have QR codes like so. Let me pull up this QR code. Let me see. So like we have the QR code for the donations in the top left corner, we'll have a QR code right here for the clothes where you'd be able to scan that QR code and they'll take you to the website to uh, to be able to get the get some shirts, get whatever merch you want. So that's exciting. But like I said, we got to get some more samples in, got to make sure things are up to the high standards that I have for our merchandise. I don't we're not gonna put out no bullshit. So next on next up, next up, next up, next up. Let's talk about the UT Vols baseball falling to LSU 5 0 in the uh in the College World Series. It was a tough game to watch. Tennessee made a lot of mistakes. Uh I think they hit like five or six batsmen, made a costly error on a double play ball the second baseman did on a uh on a double play ball to I think it was to get out of the inning and just Fumbled the fumbled the exchange. It was a ground ball hit straight to the shortstop. Second base going to cover. Fumbles the exchange, drops the ball. Right. So I think that cost us a run there out of the five. And after that, honestly, is when the the wheels were already sort of shaking, but they fell all all the all the momentum fell out of the sails for the Vols after that point. And from there, the we had a reliever come in and hit two guys. It's just there's too many stakes for the Vols to win, you know. But it's sort of indicative of their season getting off to like a Vitello hinted at, and one of the quotes he made after the game, you know, that game was really indicative of their season, just getting off to a slow start, having a lot of adversity, and then trying to make something out of it. The The game before against Stanford, you know, they got behind, pause, and, you know, they just fought back, fought back, fought back, took it to a tie to big inning, put up a four spot, took it to, uh, got it tied, and then they they just blew the Blew the lid off of it when they brought the reliever in that was throwing fucking gas. But, you know, they just weren't able to do that against LSU. They had they pitched really well, LSU did, and Tennessee just really wasn't able to muster any offense going, any consistent offense, and they just didn't get that big inning. Of course, it hurts when you're playing in Omaha, and that field is so big with the wind blowing in. I mean, it's hard. If you rely on the long ball, it's not something you can really do in Omaha. And you got to adjust a little bit. So Tennessee wasn't wasn't able to do that. They did it against Stanford. Sort of shortened up with a lot of their uh, a lot of their at bats once they got to two strikes. Even before some of them two strikes, choking up on the bat, just simplifying things at the plate and just putting the ball in play. But they weren't really able to 
weren't really able to do that against LSU. That was on Wednesday, I want to say, or Tuesday. So last night, LSU faced Wake Forest and beat them 2-0 in a pitching duel. So LSU is going to be going on to the final to play. Let me see who they're playing. Forget off the top of my head. Florida. They're going to play Florida. So SEC matchup in the College World Series just proves to show you that, you know, a lot of the best baseball is going down in the South. Always has. You know, there's a little bit where uh, a lot of the baseball, they were, man, everybody was talking about, oh, the, the baseball in Cali out west. Yeah, that no. It's down in the South is where it reigns supreme, you know. So it remains to be seen that LSU and Florida game. Y'all y'all, let me know in the comments and, and uh, let us know. Who do y'all think is going to win between the game between LSU and Florida? I know we don't want either one of them to win. We wish it could be a draw, but, you know, we can't necessarily do that. But y'all let us know in the comments below. Who do y'all think is going to win between LSU and Florida? All right. Let's play some tunes. Let's play some tunes. Play some tunes. Get things going. Get things going. Get things going. I need all the wins. Yeah. Ain't no L's. I gotta get a no call and quiz. Yeah. Gotta keep on moving no matter how hard it gets. Yeah, better move out the way cause I'm coming with harder hits My head is as hard as a brick but I'm harder than all it is You, better move, you might get knocked out Knocked out You, better move, you might get knocked out You, better move, you might get knocked out Knocked out You, better move, you might get knocked out My heart on my sleeve Stretch, feel my greed. That's how I get it. Success ain't no giving. Some days I don't hit, I don't sleep. When I'm focused, I'm dangerous. Down, wonder when I'm anxious. Ain't no limit till I tank. I'm running on fumes. The opposition don't amaze. The roads whistling through the pavement. Get your hands out of my bag. I know that's because I've been in it. I don't need the bag. I guess that's what happens when you taking care of your business. Plus a family, you do the math. I'm out of my pocket. Houston, we got a problem. I ain't perfect. Let them watch me elevating. Got them nuts. Cause I'm the pilot in the cockpit. No, stopping ain't the option. Woo! Watch out, get a hit, watch out, get a hit, watch out, get a hit. Woo! Watch out, set it up, bet you I shut it down, watch out, get away. I don't think they really wanna come against the one that got a finger on the pen on the grenade. I ain't never been there where you think you can pick. I'm a line, but the one about the cage. I need all the wins. Yeah, ain't no L's, I gotta get a no call and quit. Yeah, gotta keep on moving no matter how hard it gets. Yeah, better move out the way, cause I'm coming with harder hits. My head is as hard as a brick, but I'm harder than all it is. You better move, you might get knocked out. Knocked out. You better move, you might get knocked out. Knocked out. You better move, you might get knocked out. Knocked out. You better move, you might get knocked out. Knocked out. All right, all right, all right. Here we're going to talk about some D-Hops, some DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. So, I've heard some, I've had some, we've had some good news, of course, and we had some bad news. Good news is we're all here, <laughs> and we're all, uh, we're in contention for D-Hop. The bad news is I'm hearing rumors that he's off to New England. So, with that being said, let's just act like, and that, that wasn't from the most reliable source, but it's something I heard nonetheless, and they were pretty confident about it, but I don't believe that shit. You know, I think he's coming to Nashville. I hope he's coming to Nashville. He seemed like he really enjoyed it down here for the while well, he was here for the CMAs and for his visit. Of course, we flew him Southwest. You know that they could have they could have been more tactful with that and flew the man private. But you know, we we can't go back. So apparently, according to Diana Rossini, he's mulling multiple offers between the Patriots and the Titans. So 
dissecting that quote, mulling over multiple offers from both teams. So we have probably a short-term deal that's really, really high on the cap number, probably that number that he's looking for from us. And I'm just going to speak for both teams with the possible multiple offers. So to me, thinking one of those offers is probably a short-term deal, maybe a one-year, two-year deal. And that two years probably with the, you know, uh, the possibility of extension on certain terms. But I think that's going to be more of your heavy cap number, a lot of your money up front, your money deal. That second deal is probably the more deal looking for stability, whether that's a three-year deal or a four-year deal with an out after the third year with a sort of a lower cap number per hit, but more money over the course of the deal. So... He's got both of those offers on the table from New England and from Tennessee. And I just, to be honest, if unless he's fell in love with the city of Boston and with the culture of the team up there, I don't see why he'd want to go and catch the ball from Mac Jones. I mean, they don't have any. We don't have much stability at quarterback. I mean, we do, but we don't. They damn sure don't. They were, they were trying to trade Mac Jones. Well, I mean, we were trying to trade Tannehill, too. They were really trying to trade Mac Jones at the, at the, uh, at the draft. And before then, you know, apparently there was a little falling out behind the scenes. A lot of the team is not really fond of Mac Jones, supposedly. So, you know, I don't see I don't see his logic in wanting to go there. Defenses were comparable. I say we have a better defense in New England, but, you know, a New England fan to say they have a better defense. So we'll mark that as as just square. Coaching, Belichick, I mean, Belichick's one of the goats, but Vrabel is just just as good on his day. You know, in my opinion. And I would say Vrabel is even more of a, a player's coach than Belichick is. Belichick's sort of my way or the highway. And, you know, it remains to be seen if Hopkins would even like that. Thinking about when he went to when he played for the Texans. So he had Bill O'Brien there. And he's sort of my way or the highway. Not as much as Belichick, of course. And and they didn't really have the best of terms. Bill O'Brien's the one that traded him away. Uh I'm trying to think who was before Bill O'Brien. Might have it, it couldn't have been Bill O'Brien the whole time. I know Cornell, Romeo Cornell might have dipped in there a little bit, and I wouldn't say he's the strictest disciplinarian. And then, of course, he went to Arizona with Cliff Kingsbury. No discipline. You know, the, the players were running that, running that team. You know, you could look at the hard knocks. Clint, Cliff is not really the – he's not your prototypical head coach of my way or the highway. But that's, you know, that you're not really seeing that much. You're not really seeing that much anyway nowadays. So he doesn't really have a history of playing for these coaches that have, you know, that my way or the highway mantra about him. And Belichick has that. Vrabel a little less so. So me thinking his decision process, that might be a, a hit, a hit against the Patriots, you know. With with him coming into the Titans Titans building, he's gonna be the he's gonna be the star of that receiving room. He's gonna be shit one of the biggest names on the team. He's gonna be the guy. He's gonna have that same in in New England, but there's a little bit more around him offensively here in Nashville than it is in New England. So from a footballing sense, I don't see why you would choose New England. And y'all comment below why why do y'all think he would choose New England? I don't see it. You know, unless he's fell in love with the city of Boston. Unless he's got a, a little piece up there or something. I don't know what the hell he's thinking. 
but choosing them over Tennessee. You know, of course I'm biased, but shit, I don't see it. You know, he did say in his in his uh, in his interview or on a podcast or something where he was looking, he was you know laying out what he wanted for in his next team. And of course, he said perennial quarterback, great defense, stability at the GM position. We're coming with a new GM, but I mean it's about as stable as it gets. He's he's doing you know pretty well besides besides you know filling up the receiver room, but other than that. You know, where is he seeing that New England is a better option than Tennessee? I'm not understanding it, you know, and of course, I'm like I said, I'm biased, but I'm not understanding how that's that's a better situation for him than Nashville would be. You know, he's not going to have to carry the full load when he's in Nashville because we've got Henry and we've got Tajay Spears, who's going to be getting a lot of time and a lot of touches, in my opinion. So I don't really understand what his logic is in going to New England. Unless it's purely, you know, they're offering more money, you know, which should be no excuse. You know, we should be able to offer and match whatever New England's offering. So. We should be able to match whatever they're offering, because to be frank, if we're able to get Hopkins, that changes the whole tune of the season. Granted, if he if he stays healthy and he's been relatively healthy over the course of his career besides this past year. And, you know, allegedly they say that that his he was sort of I ain't gonna say he was embellishing a hamstring injury, but he could have played through it if if it was a Super Bowl. I'll put it like that. If it was a Super Bowl, he could have played a bunch of them games. That's what I'm hearing. But if we get DeAndre Hopkins, as in the Titans get DeAndre Hopkins, that's gonna turn the whole season around and the whole expectation of the season from, you know, we already me and Trail already predicted 10, 11 wins. I don't think we'll get much more than that with Hopkins. I know that sounds crazy, but I think that'll just solidify the 10 or 11 wins. I don't think it'll push us over the line to get more. But if we're able to get him, that will be Hopkins on the outside. We would have Traylon Burks on the other side, and then you could put Kyle Phillips or you could even put Chig in the slot. And you could have uh, a bigger tight end in line lining up on the line of scrimmage. Or you can just spread it out completely and have Kyle Phillips in the slot, Chig in the uh, in the other slot or on the other side with him on the trips formation, and Hop and Traylon Burks on the outside with Henry or Tajay Spears in the backfield. That's a pretty that's a pretty good skills skill group there. I mean, granted, we still got Tannehill throwing throwing it to him, but I think Tannehill can get by with with that that level of skill group. Not to mention if we're if we uh, you know are, are moving on to Levis or. You know, Willis has been doing really well, too. If we move to Willis or, or Levis, and, and I don't give a shit who it is, by the way, if we move to one of them in the middle of the season, they've got weapons around them if we get Hopkins. That receiver group doesn't look as bad. Then we've got that guy from Houston. Uh, What's his name? Uh, I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing a blank. But he, I mean, he looks really good, the guy we're getting from Houston, that receiver. And, of course, we got wide receiver one, Nick Westbrook Aquina. So, you know, we're in good shape. We'll be in very, very, very good shape if we're able to get DeAndre Hopkins. You know, with that being said, and the, the defense that we have, that with Landry coming back, Autry, you know, Autry's still with us, of course. Hopefully, we're able to hold on to Bayard. Hopefully, we can extend Bayard to make some room for D Hop. That would be ideal. I wouldn't mind that. That's gonna. This is a, that's a pretty good football team. You know. My only question beyond that, if we were to get D Hop, would be the the cornerback room because those guys get cooked. They get cooked, but they're young, so 
And Fulton was one of the the highest graded cover corners on the, in the league. I think according to PFF, he was uh, maybe eighth or sixth cover corner in the league when he played. Of course, he had a lot of a lot of injuries last year and wasn't able to be on the field as much as we'd like. But with him, McCreary coming into his second year, being a little more uh, a little more experienced, I like I like our odds. You know, I, th- I think we could really compete with with Jacksonville and compete with even some of the big dogs next year. And that would give this fan base a little more optimism, because right now, man, it's, it's just it's not it's not the most optimistic at the moment. And that's a combination of things with, you know, a hangover from the AJ trade still as much as as long ago as that was. That still hangs large when we look at when you pull up the depth chart and look at a damn receiver room. The first thing you think of is like, damn, we had AJ Brown like this could have looked tenfold better. But J-Rob fucked that up, you know. And then, but there should be more optimism. It should be. You know, especially if we get D-Hop with Tim Kelly coming into the fold. And apparently Tim Kelly was, was sort of, quote-unquote, running what we exceeded at the most last year, which is, you know, red zone offense and sort of third down passing, passing plays, passing downs. You know, we did decent at that. It's just we were always behind the sticks. You can't really do much when you're going into – third down, third and 12, third and 15 every time, whether that's because of penalties, sacks, or Todd Downing calling two run plays, run first down, run second down, and okay, I guess we got to pass the ball here on third down. Just a dumbass. You can't do nothing when you're third and 12, third and 15. You just can't. That You don't have much of a playbook for those downs. You don't have many plays that you, you have drawn up that is going to get you 15, 15, 16 yards. In a chunk like that. You just don't. And that's why you saw a lot of screen passes and you saw just, just, you know, bullshit, you know, for lack of a better word. So once again, so glad that Todd Downing's gone. He just, he should have been fired midway through the season. He shouldn't even have got the job in the first place, but he should have been fired midway through the season. That's, that's on variable. But with Tim Kelly coming into the fold, Charles London as the passing game coordinator who's who is really in demand for the rest of the league. I mean, we got a really good, really good hire there in Charles Charles London. Between them two guys, the additions in the draft of Tajay Spears, who should be getting some getting some touches early, and Traylon Burke's maturation process, along with Chig's maturation process coming into their second year. I'm really excited for this offense if we get D Hop. If we do not get D Hop, I'm, you know, it's just Throw the ball to Westbrook Aquina, I guess. I mean, it's just fucked up, but that's that's what it is. But if we were able to manage to get D, if we're able to get DeAndre Hopkins, that changes the whole dynamic of that offense. You know, that that gives me a little bit more confidence in Tannehill. And, you know, Tannehill should do a little better this year anyway compared to last year because we've got Tim Kelly in the fold and we've improved that offensive line also. We don't have Dennis Daly blocking his his blind side. You know, can you imagine? Let me let me try and think about that. So you're playing quarterback in the NFL. You've got these guys, 6'5", 270, running four fives and four sixes and shit. And you've got a a damn wet paper bag playing left tackle. A wet paper bag and Dennis Daly playing left tackle. And you're trying to go through your progressions? Progressions? There's no progressions. The only thing you're progressing to do is try and get out of there, run for your life. So he's not there anymore. I think uh, I think it'll probably be uh, Dillard, Andre Dillard playing left tackle with Skaronsky at center, Brew at, or Skaronsky at left guard, Brew at center, and it remains to be seen who plays right guard. MPF will probably be playing right tackle. 
but that right guard spot is probably up in the air. But that is a big improvement on the offensive line we had last year. So that in itself should improve Tannehill. If we're able to get DeAndre Hopkins, that gives him another weapon. He should play even better because he's he's one that plays or he doesn't uplift his uplift the the players around him. He doesn't uplift the talent around him. He doesn't have the facilities to do that, you know. But he does have the ability to play up and play around the talent that's around him, if that makes sense. You know, he's not the Mahomes that you can just throw, you know, your jujus and shit out there. Juju ain't bad, but you you get my point. Throw jujus and shit out there, and Mahomes is still going to throw for 350 and shit. You know, Tannehill don't have that in his locker. You you put him in the right situation with the right, right uh, playmakers around him, with the right scheme, then he can give you that 300. But beyond that, no, nah, it ain't happening, Chief. It ain't happening. But we're in a position where that's able to happen now. So that's uh that's exciting. That's something to look forward to for this season. So once again, Mullen uh D Hop is mulling multiple offers from the Patriots and us, according to Diana Rossini. So, like I said before, it's probably a both teams probably gave him a short term deal with a high a high cap number over a one or two year period. And then the, the second offer, they probably gave him a two or three year deal with a higher overall deal dollar figure and less per year. So it's it's up to it's in D Hop's court. And we should be getting a resolution here in the next few days. I'd say the next five or six days, we'll know where he's going. Training camp's due to start on the 25th or the 28th. When was Titans training camp starting? I'd expect an answer around that time or before, to be honest. Let me see. Titans training camp. Schedule. When's Vrabel getting the boys started? When is Vrabel getting the boys started? Where the hell is this? Here we go. Pulling it up now. Pulling it up now. July 27th. Oh, that was last year. What the fuck? Bam. Yeah, I think it's the 28th. So... We should be getting a resolution to this D-Hop thing within the next week, I'd say. And, you know, hopefully he comes here, man. If he if he does, I'm getting a damn jersey, like, hot off the press, you know. Got to. Number 10. I feel bad for that rookie they gave number 10 to. <laughs> they gave it to him a month ago, and then he looks on Instagram sees or Instagram and Twitter and shit and sees uh, D-Hop in the limo with his jersey on his back. <laughs> I'll be pissed. I, I ain't going to say I'll be. Well, I'd be pissed, you know. Yes, D hopping shit, but I'd be mad as hell. That's just the type of competitor I am, you know. But I guess he ain't gonna have to pay, bro, for the number either, because dude's a rookie. So I don't see him having to pay him for the number either. So we'll, we'll see. All right, more NFL talk, more NFL talk. Tariq Hill next a marina employee at the marina in Miami. So I'm I'm, I'm trying to understand what's going on, bro. So allegedly, this is this is all alleged because, you know, the man, the alleged uh, victim is not pressing charges as of right now. I don't think he's got a lawyer in his ear yet telling him how much money he can make from getting smacked in the back of his head by an NFL player. But he's choosing not to press charges for now. Miami's released a statement saying we're aware of the situation. And here's the situation. So apparently Tyreek Hill and the people he was with at this marina got into an argument with with the marina and the marina employees. Stuff happens in between. By the end of it, Tyreek Hill is taking his hand and smacked the dude upside the back of the head. I think it's, I, I hope it's a dude. 
smacks a Marine employee up the back of the head. He doesn't get arrested or anything, and there's there's no charges pressed yet. But of course it gets out. When you smack a, your Tyreek Hill, you walking around, you know, you got your, your Tyreek Hill, your number 10 chain on and shit, and you're in Miami, and you smack a dude upside the back of the head, allegedly. You can't do that type of shit, you know? You just can't do that type of shit. Do it out of the, do it out of the country or something. I'm not condoning that type of action, but don't do it in the city you play in. That's silly. That don't make no sense. That's like our our uh, our famed first round draft pick Isaiah Wilson doing donuts on Charlotte Ave. Don't do that shit in the city that you play. It don't make sense. Do your dirt outside the city, not in the city you play in. Nonetheless, this guy, this guy, smacks Marine employee up the backside of the head. Chat, y'all let me know what y'all think about that, man. Y'all, y'all let us know in the comments. Y'all think he'll get suspended behind that after due press charges or or what do y'all think? Fined? There's a possibility of him getting fined if it comes out to be true. At the minimum, I think he'll be fine. I don't think he'll be suspended. If he's suspended, it might be a game or two tops. But, you know, I don't think I don't think he'll get more than a fine, to be honest. But it remains to be seen. You can't smack people upside the back of the head no more. You can't be necking people. You just can't. You can't do that shit. Tyreek Hill. Come on now. You're in Miami. It's in the offseason. Just work on your craft, man. Come on. All right. NBA. 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 First poor NBA. Let's play. Let's play some tunes real quick. Get some. We're supposed to be having a caller in at seven to talk about this uh this Jordan Poole trade. Jordan Poole for CP3 and some picks. Well, no, CP3 for Jordan Poole and some picks. So play some tunes, play some tunes, play some tunes. It's, 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 it's sports section morning show. She said that she hate me. I hate me too. I can always tell when you're lying, girl, you're see through. All these miles away, yeah. I just wanna see you. Baby, give me good faith. She hit me like seafood. Number one, I saw you. Hi, it's nice to meet you. No more old girl salty. She just wanna be you. I'm a dog, no Maltese. I don't wanna leave you. Once you're right here, I just don't wanna mistreat you. No. Cause I've been a douchebag before, baby girl, I don't wanna repeat She just won't please me, she look in my eyes, told me why are you bleeding And I don't even know how to answer I take these drugs to my bladder She says she noticed a pattern, she say I look gorgeous, I tell her I'm flattered But I hate my reflection, when I look at you, all I see is perfection I'm so depressed and I don't know the reason, just wanna feel better Hate my reflection, when I look at you all I see is perfection I'm so depressed and I don't know the reason, just wanna feel better Don't know the reason, just hope I feel better I just hope I forgot. You said that you love me. Don't know if it's still true. Hate it when you're not here. Love it when I'm with you. You say you don't trust me. All the shit we've been through. Why you always upset? I don't really get you. I don't really get you. Why should I always gotta be so stressful? Baby, can you tell me why are you so vengeful? I don't understand you. I can't live without you, but I can't fucking stand you. I'm just so obsessed. I should take better care of myself, but fuck it. Blacked out in public on that like she upset, but I know she loves it. 
into now what are we getting into now we're gonna hit on national sc hit on arsenal hit on tim Weah, hit on d hop it's like tyree kill we hit on that like he hit on that marina employee hit on the vols all right let's talk about nba let's get into nba adam silver once again this i've been talking to this guy talking about this guy quite a bit over the last last week or so this dude's been in the news a lot i see why i see why he didn't want to do nothing uh you know, during the finals thing, he knew he had a lot of shit in the tuck that he was he was getting taken care of. This guy, this guy. So he sees one of his prized players, one of his one of his prized players, one of the faces of his young NBA, former number one overall pick, Zion Williamson, going through it, tricking, going wrong, tricking, going wrong, tricking, going wrong. You can't. I mean, he's seeing he's seeing Zion get the the text messages exposed, the the wires exposed. I mean, everything. Dude, going through it. Dude's going through it. He's down right now, and he's got a spiteful old lady kicking him while he's down, kicking him every day. She was kicking him every day on Twitter. So Adam Silver was cool with all that. He was cool with it. You know, he of course he didn't like it. He didn't like a none of the. None of the stuff coming out about how he was paying old girl two hundred some thousand a month or telling her to move to New Orleans and shit like that, you know. But he was he was gonna let it slide. He drew the line though. He a hundred percent drew the line. When she tried, when she tried to extort, to extort Zion with with mentionings of of a tape, Adam said hell no. He said hell no. Hell no. He hit that button on her ass. And I'm not talking the search button because y'all know she's in that industry. He didn't hit the search button. He hit the delete button on her ass. Got her out of there. Out of there. He just pulled them strings. Made that call to Elon. He said, we got to get her up off here. We got to get her up out of here. She's doing too much. Got her account deleted. Adam Silver made that call now. You know, that's where he drew the line. You're not going to extort his players now. Especially not with no tape. That be that tape would be longer, longer than than Zion's highlight tape. He can't have it. The only tape he wants out of Zion is a highlight tape, and he ain't got it yet. But he damn sure don't want that other type of tape out there. You know, he, he wants he wants a highlight tape, and he's trying to trying to maintain that with Zion because Zion going through it right now. No girls just kicking him, just dragging him through the mud, spiteful because he have a baby, because that man wants to start a family. 
And that man wants to move on from his tricking. You know, you can't. Man wants to grow. Let the man grow. He don't want to trick no more. He want to start a family. He wants to he wants to raise a raise a child with a woman. Zion wants to he wants to grow as a man. He's grown out of the tricking. He's not doing it no more. But she don't want to let him do it. She don't want to let him do it. So after she tried to extort him, the account gets deleted. Deleted. Gone. Out of here. So I, I don't know. I'm not really I'm not really following it, the story that much beyond the, you know, the basics. I don't know if she tried to go on Instagram or normally what they do is they try and they'll do that shit and they'll get behind a paywall and start doing that shit trying to make some money. But I don't even think she needs the money. Hell, she's been getting cashed out by Zion for I don't know how long. I think she's just doing it just out of spite at this moment. So, but yeah, Adam Silver, my man, my man, hit the button on her ass. Got that, got that shit deleted. Got it deleted. Let me see. Let me see. Let's talk about this. Uh, Marcus Smart to the M. Marcus Smart to the M. It's gonna be a big, a big, big pickup from Memphis too. By the way, so here, here's the trade details. It was a three way trade between Boston, Memphis, and the Wizards. So the Celtics received Christos Porzingis via the Wizards. They received the number twenty five pick in the twenty twenty in the draft that just happened last night via the Grizzlies. They get a 2024 first-round pick. It's top four protected from the Warriors. And the Grizzlies get Marcus Smart from the Celtics. Big pickup, big pickup. The Wizards get Tyus Jones from the Grizzlies, Danilo Gallinari from the Celtics, uh, Mike Muscala from the Celtics, and they get the number 35 pick in the, uh, the pick for last night in the draft. So Memphis picking up Marcus Smart. I think it's going to be a huge pickup, and I think Marcus Smart is going to relish the city of Memphis and the culture of that team down there he just seems to fit it like a glove i i sort of thought beverly when he got traded there but he didn't last long there would do the same in memphis but man marcus smart coming to memphis is giving me i'm not gonna say it's giving me zebo vibes but i'm getting the i'm getting the the culture fit and the attitude fit of a zebo with marcus smart coming to the grizzlies that's what i'm most excited about and of course marcus smart can play great defense He'll knock down a, a great shot. He ain't going to play as good a defense as somebody like Tony Allen or something, but he's going to play exceptional defense, and he's going to make a shot from here to there. You know, he's got a, a decent jump shot on him. He's a good set shooter. So I think he's going to help Memphis out supremely, especially with Jaws' absence in the first 20, 25 games, I think. I think he's going to help out Memphis to a to a great standard, and I, I'm excited to see what he does in Memphis. So... I'm sure he seems to be excited to come down to Memphis. It's a big culture change. If a man go from being being used to the culture up there in Boston to to going to to Memphis is a little bit different. But I think Marcus Smart will like that a lot more than than up there in Boston. I I would much prefer Memphis to Boston if I was Marcus Smart. You're not gonna have to deal with as much uh much BS as you got to deal with some of them Boston fans up there. Even if you're their own player, let alone if you ain't their own player, they 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 talk dog folks up there. But Celtics, they're receiving Porzingis via the Wizards, that the number 25 pick in the draft. Who did they pick with that? Or did they trade out of that? Let me see what, the, what they picked. So the Celtics ended up picking. Hold on. That pick got traded to Detroit? Well, so I'm not sure, but nonetheless, 
They got that pick, and then they got the 2024 first-round pick, not protect. It's top four protected from the from the Warriors. But Porzingis, a, a sort of give them a, a presence down down low to sort of combat the your Embiid's and your your Jokic's when you face that because you know that'll sort of make them more well-rounded. They had Horford as sort of a big man there, but he's not your he's not your prototypical Porzingis type big man that's going to sit down there in the post and and clog up the lanes and. Uh, you know, be a defensive presence there. Horford's more one that more like to be out in the wings, try and hit a jump shot, shit like that. Get some rebounds every now and then. But I think Porzingis would be a good pickup for the Celtics. I think they I think they got a decent haul too, getting two picks and Porzingis for smart. So and they gave away Gallinari and Muscala too and another pick. So it remains to be seen. But I think I think it'll be a good pickup for Boston and I think they'll I think they'll do all right. It, it gives them an option against your Embiid's and such. So not that Embiid can be stopped, but it's better than what they had. So we got Washington getting Tyus Jones. Pretty good pickup for Washington. They're getting Gallinari and Muscala. They're in rebuild mode. They just got Jordan Poole. So they're trying to let Jordan Poole run the show out there, to be honest. And I think Jordan Poole will do actually do pretty decent at that. And we'll touch on Jordan Poole here in a little bit. Pause. But Victor Wimbiana, the French phenom. French phenom selected first overall to the Spurs. And and he wants breakfast tacos, is what he wants. So, you know, that's that's sorta of, that's sort of weird. I don't when you say San Antonio, I'm not thinking of breakfast tacos. Maybe that's a misconception that he got from uh international about San San Antonio. The thing about San Antonio is you you'd be better off getting a damn Choro than a damn uh breakfast taco. The Choro's down there are fire. Fire. But and and they got some good breakfast spots down there to get some breakfast tacos. But if I get drafted by the Spurs, I'm not thinking about no damn breakfast tacos, you know. But I wonder if he's y'all think Wimbiana's had Mexican food before coming from France. I don't know. Y'all let me know in the comments, y'all. That might be his first time eating some Mexican food. He man, he gonna. I'm jealous of him to be honest. Can you imagine rediscovering Mexican food? Man. That'd be amazing. He rediscovered man ain't never had no margarita before. Ain't never had no tall Modelo with the with the fajitas and shit. Man, I'm jealous of him. He needs to skip the breakfast tacos. Go straight to the fajitas. Fuck the breakfast tacos. You know, fuck them breakfast tacos. Let me see. But I think chat y'all. Let me know how y'all think in the comments. What y'all think? Uh, Wimbiana, how he'll do in uh in in San Antonio. We got some people that'll say say he'll be real. It'll take some time to get acclimated to the game, which I think it's true. But you get some people that say that he's going to be soft in that respect. I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think he's going to ball out there. I mean, dude's like seven, seven foot something. Can dribble, can shoot, can take it to the rim. I don't, I don't see that happening of him being, him being soft. I don't think he'll be in a put in a position to where his softness is even going to get projected or, uh, or even be taken advantage of. Unless it's on the defensive end, but Pop is one of the best tacticians, best coaches in the league. He's gonna cater cater the game to win beyond the strengths. You'd be a fool not to. So I'm excited to see what he does in San Antonio. I think he'll I don't know if he'll win rookie of the year, you know, but I think because I think they'll be delicate with him down in San Antonio. Because that's a sensible organization. And that's one of the one of the better run organizations in the league. I don't see them just throwing him into the fire. 30 some minutes a game type thing. I think they'll ease him into it as the season goes, to be honest. And I think that's what they should do. If you're able to do that, that's what you can. I mean, they're at no, 
they're not at no uh they're not contending for a championship or anything by any means. So why would you throw throw the man into the fire to to fail or or be able to set up bad habits? You just don't do that, you know. So I think they'll they'll take their time with him. I think Pop will put him in a position to succeed, and I think he'll succeed. I think he will. I don't think he'll win the rookie of the year the first year just because they'll be working him in. But I think he'll be a star within the first two or three years, man. Dude is talented. Talented. All right, CP3. CP3 traded from the Wizards to the Warriors for Jordan Poole and picks. So the agreed trade is Poole, Ryan Rollins, and two far-off future picks for Paul, allegedly. So, seems like a lot to give up for Chris Paul, in my in my opinion. I mean, Chris Paul, he's, he's getting up there in age. He's cerebral, though. I mean, ain't nobody beating him on that on that tip. And he's, you know, he's still a very, very, very good basketball player. But to me, I don't know. I feel like it was time for Poole to get out of there and uh and Golden State. The Draymond shit alone. It's just he's not gelling well with that team to me. On the ball, it didn't look like he when he was, you know, offensively he wasn't gelling. But I think Chris Paul would do a lot better, a lot better there in Golden State. If he can stay healthy, you know, that's been the that's been the thing with him. That's the story of his career. If he can stay healthy, he's one of the best players on the court, one of the best players in the league. But motherfucker can't stay healthy. You know, I, I don't know if Kanye Kanye twisted his ankle or something for when he caught him up in the bed with old girl. But. I mean, dude can't stay healthy at all. So I think Steve Kerr will do well to manage his minutes when he gets to Golden State. But. Beyond that, I think. I think he'll do well, to be honest. Now, Poole over in, for for uh, D.C., I think he'll do really well, really well in D.C. He's going to get the keys out there, I think. They're going to give him the ball. This, they're gonna, man, they're going to say, do you? And I think he's been waiting and relishing for that opportunity because it's not it's not easy to do when you're uh, playing on a team like, like the Warriors and the ball's getting spread around like that, and you're not the guy. You know, Curry's the guy, Clay's the guy out there, you know, Draymond's the guy. And you sort of, he sort of, I'm not going to say he tried to buck that with, you know, the whole Draymond situation, but he wanted his respect, you know, and, and I don't think after that situation, especially, he was never going to get that respect back. You're just not, you're not going to get that respect back when you get socked at practice and, you know, get, I don't even know, if, did he get knocked out, chat? Did he get knocked out? I don't know. I know he got socked up in the face and knocked down. But you're not going to get your respect back after something like that, after something like that happens. It's not happening. So, and that respect, that goes further on the court, off the court, all over. So, we'll see how how he does in Washington. I think he'll do extremely well. Chris Paul, I think he'll do well in, uh, in the Bay. And I think he'll be happier out there, way more happier than he would have been in Washington. He, he, I don't think that wasn't that was never going to last, you know. So, does that chat? Where does that put the Warriors in the uh, in the spectrum of the West? Where do y'all think they'll finish next season with with what they have now with Chris Paul addition? If they if they uh, are able to retain Draymond, what, what do y'all think? What do y'all think they're going to end up? Y'all let me know in the comments. Excuse me. Let's get some tunes going. Let's get some tunes. More tunes. More tunes. More tunes. 
There we go. The Sports Section Morning Show. Try to do a little try mix for y'all. Try mix. Try to play too many songs at once. Try to play too many songs at once. Try to play too many songs at once. Damn. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Way too much going on. Way too much going on. Y'all bear with me just a little bit. <clears throat> Y'all bear with me. There we go. Ow! Yeah. Y'all think too small. I got big dreams. You just starting. I'm way ahead at the end scenes. Started reading and dodging all of the quick schemes. Money like your Spotify, boy. I got 10 streams. And I'm still looking for more. My people, they got a sore. I'm putting that on the Lord. Ain't accepting, ignore. Just kicking down all the doors. Guarantee you, boy, if I ask for it, it's got to be real big. I got to make it just for my kids. kids, kids. No share mood. I mean, I got goals that's real big. Foes that's real big. Your offer too little. Sorry, my soul is real big. Coming into the ring with blows that's real big. I gotta do it big. That's the only way I can live. I gotta do it big. I gotta do it big. I gotta do it big. Gotta do it big. That's the only way to live. Gotta do it big. It's gotta do it big. Gotta do it big. That's the only way to live. Come on. 
All right, all right, all right. All right. Section morning show. Taking call ins, taking call ins, 931-603-1476. 931-603-1476. Discuss any of the topics we got, we've had so far. Any of them. Anything y'all want to talk about. From here, what we're going to get into. We already hit on the CP3 trade. We hit on Wimbiana. Let's see. We hit on D hopping them. I guess let's talk about the, the poll the Athletic released. So uh the Athletic paper slash app that does news, of course, for uh for all sports. They polled a hundred plus MLB players about ex- expansion cities and Nashville was the overwhelming favorite among them. So hopefully, and you know, we already have a team as a former Negro League team that is uh is pushing to be that expansion team in the Nashville Stars. So the the Athletic conducted an anonymous league player poll with the results best potential expansion city and this is among MLB players, current MLB players. So Nashville came in 69% Overwhelmingly, over all the rest of the cities, the next highest was Montreal at 10%. You had Charlotte at 5, Austin, Texas at 5, Portland, Oregon at 4, Vancouver, eh, shit ain't happening, Vancouver at 2%, and Salt Lake City at 2%. So the Nashville Stars is what the team would be called if it happens, I'd, I'd imagine. And, man, talk about major for the city of Nashville. I'm not sure where they would play. I'm assuming they would play... And what would new be? What would be the new uh, Titan Stadium? Sort of like how, uh, not of course not how. Well, yeah, how Oakland had it. There's another team that that uh, splits with splits with MLB team. I'm drawing a blank here. I want to say it was Houston, but I don't. No, it wasn't Houston. But I, I guess in their really really old stadium they did. But currently it was only Oakland that was doing that, and. Man, you talk talk about a, a dual-use stadium. Surely when they're building it, they're taking that into account of something that could be of use with that stadium. And if they are, I mean, that's that might have been one of the, the levers that they were able to to pull to get it pushed over the pushed over the ledge, you know. But if Nashville were to get an MLB team, you talk about just the growth alone. Nashville's growing fast as hell already, but the growth and excitement that the city of Nashville would have with the MLB team. You know, it'd be it'd be tremendous. And it would just be, you know, hopefully we would be able to... I'm unsure how the expansion team rules work with the draft and such and how they would get a player, but hopefully we would be able to, be able to get a, a, you know, a pretty decent-sized star player on the team. Of course, you ain't getting no damn Otani or, or anything like that, but, you know, there's a lot of talent, local talent in the South, whether that's Nashville... The whole Tennessee area, and you know, in Kentucky or in Georgia, of talent that are guys that can play for play for that Nashville team in the league that are that are currently in the league. I mean, you got guys from Nashville, big big names from Nashville, like your David Prices, your Mookie Betts's. You know, and there's plenty more coming up that uh, that could potentially, you know, there that's a draw there for them to potentially come back home and to play. Not not David Price, of course. He's he's past it, and Mookie signed a long term deal with the Dodgers. 
But if this was already in place, you know, that's a draw in free agency to try and get that done, you know. And so it remains to be seen about the ownership group that will possibly be over that. Hopefully there's some owners that would invest in the team. And that's first and foremost. If they if they bring a team here and these owners don't invest in the team, that's that's just counterproductive. You know, and nobody's asking for I mean, I'm asking for it, but I, I don't think it's realistic. But New York Met, L.A. Dodger, New York Yankee levels of investment. I don't see that happening. Of course, it'd be great if it happened here in Nashville. But, I mean, just don't make it like Oakland, where the payroll is only 60, 70 million. That's inexcusable. Don't do that. You know, but of course, be reasonable. Be reasonable with your payroll and with who you're bringing on to the team if this was to happen. So uh, supposedly Manfred, the commissioner of the MLB, is really pushing to have these expansion teams, if not announced, probably announced with he wants two expansion teams. So I think he's wanting to to get a, a decision on it or get it in place and in play to get started on within the next two years, if I'm not mistaken. With that being said, it has to be talked about and at least discussed about the fans that this Nashville Stars was the potential name for the team, for the MLB team, would break up between you got St. Louis to the west, Cincinnati to the north, and Atlanta to the south. So there's going to be there's a lot of overlap in, right, in this area, this Nashville area with baseball fans. You've got a lot of Cardinals fans, you got a lot of Reds fans, you got a lot of Braves fans. Just ge- geographically, you know. Chat, where do y'all think like if you're a Braves fan or a Cardinals fan or a Reds fan, are you going to become a Nashville Stars fan if that's what the team's called? Are you going to transition to the Nashville Stars? Are you going to stay with the team or are you going to support your local your your local team? You know, it'll be a lot more complicated if the Nashville team is in the National League because of course, you've got the Cardinals are in the National League, the the Reds are in the National League and the Braves are in the National League. So I definitely for me, I would not and I'm a Red Sox fan myself. I would not want them in the National League for the sake of the fan base. That'll be too much splitting with the fan base, and that'll be splitting hairs. You got your loyalists that'll stay with their teams, but I don't think that's the best the best route to have them in the National League. In my in my opinion, it'd be a lot better to have them in the in the American League. You know, you don't have those competing teams around you geographically, but also, and that's just for for you know developing a new fan base one on one. But also, if they're in the AL, people can root for both teams. You know, it's two different leagues. You can root for both teams, and, you know, you can be a fan of both teams. And with the way interleague play has gotten, you're going to get the best of both worlds. With These teams are, you know, NL teams are playing AL teams more and more as, as the years go by compared to how they were in the past where they, they hardly ever played them at all. So that's one one thing to think about. What would say? As they say, if they're an AL team, it definitely makes it easier for the locals to root for them both. Has to. That's what I'm saying. They have to be an AL team for just to make it easier on the the new fan base to to curate a new fan base. If you put them in the NL, it's going to be tough, man, because you're fighting with the Braves. They've been there for years. There's loyal fans to the Braves, and they're playing really well at the moment. The Cardinals, loyal fans to the Cardinals, loyal fans to the Reds. All those three teams are playing particularly well. The Cardinals ain't playing as well, but the Reds are on the up on the up and up the Braves are on the up and up it'll be very difficult for this national team to curate a uh a diehard consistent fan base if they were in the National League they have to be in the American League have to be you know it'd be much easier for them 
And like I said, they'll still be playing those NL teams throughout the season. So y'all let me know below. What do y'all think? One, do y'all think Nashville should be in the AL or NL if it gets an expansion team? And two, will you be transitioning to the Nashville team from the Braves, from the Reds, from the Cardinals, from whatever team you're on? If they're in the AL, I'll be thinking about it with the Red Sox. I ain't going to lie. The Red Sox disappoint the hell out of me every year. You know, they disappoint the shit out of me. And their their fans up there up in Boston, man, they're just not they're just not my my cup of tea. Hmm, that's a good question. Do you think they'll be in the Central Division of the East? I prefer them to be in the Central, just in both divisions. So the East with with the NL, you've got the Mets, you've got the Braves, you've got Florida. Tough division. I don't want them in the East and the NL. The AL East, you've got the Braves or not the Braves. Forgive me. You got the Yankees, you got the Red Sox, you got Baltimore, who's playing really well, and you've got Boston. So Boston, New York, Baltimore, and the Rays. Tough division. Don't want them in the East at all for the AL or the NL. The Central is the only way to go. But with that being said, if you have an NL Central, it's the same thing with having the NL East. Their division rival is going to be the Braves. Oh, yeah, for sure. The AL East is definitely the best division in baseball at the moment. But... If they're in the Central, their division rivals will be the Braves and Cardinals, geographical, geographically close, and fans that are loyal to those fans. They cannot be in the NL Central. They cannot. Or the NL East. They cannot be in the National League. I don't. I think they'd be stubborn. I think the MLB will be shooting themselves in the foot if they put the National Expansion Team in the National League. They can't. They cannot. Have to put them in the American League. So if they're in the American League Central, that would be much more favorable to them. They would have Chicago, uh, Minnesota, Cleveland, and Detroit. I'd much rather them be in the AL Central. Best case scenario, the Nashville Stars would be in the AL Central. But geographically, that travel would be jacked up. You wouldn't have any any teams down south to travel to. Everything would Your furthest team would be Minnesota, I'd say. Oh, I forgot about Toronto in the East, too. That would be a far-ass trip if they're in the East. So... If they're in the Central, they they would have Minnesota, Cleveland. Uh, who else did I say? Minnesota, Cleveland, Chicago, and Detroit. So Detroit is is not that far flying. That's not a that's not a bad division to be in, to be honest. And Nashville, Nashville, all that. Even if you're and they're not driving, but for a fan's sake, a drive to Detroit is what eight hours, ten hours. Let me see. Your furthest drive. Well, Minneapolis, I think, is your furthest drive. Yeah, I think the Central will be the best. The NL Central in particular, that's best case scenario. Worst case would be the AL East, in my opinion. Worst case. Let me see. The drive to Detroit. A drive to Detroit from Nashville. I'd say it's like eight or ten hours. I ain't never been to Detroit. I want to go. But yeah, eight hours. Seven hours, 47 minutes. Man, I'm a, my geographics are a motherfucker. I'll try to tell you. All right, so Minneapolis now for the Twins. Hold on, we got a caller. We got a caller. We got a caller. Minneapolis for the Twins. Minneapolis for the Twins is... Let me see. Minneapolis, Minnesota. I think that's where the Twins are. They should be. So the Minneapolis drive will be 13 hours. That's far as shit. But they will be flying, you know? So... They will be flying. But still, 
Let me see. AL, AL East, worst case. NL Central, best case. And what can't happen is them to be in the same division as the as the Braves or the Cardinals. Can't happen. We got a caller. We got a caller. Give me one second. All right, we got Jose on the line. Jose on the line. What's good, man? What's up with you, man? What's up? What's up? What are you telling me, man? What do you think about the National Stars, man? Are you, are you rooting for them? What, what are you telling me? Yeah, you know, we the same, man. I'm a, I'm a Red Sox fan, too, so I'm I'm rooting for National regardless. But uh, what, what division do you think they should be in? Do you want to see them in the AL East? you want to see them in the same division as the Braves or the Cardinals? I, so I think it would be good for baseball. Like you said, it would be bad for the fans because uh, if they're in the NL Central, due to uh, – well, it's just – if they're in the NL, it's going to take away from the Braves and the, the, the Cardinals fans. But I think it would right. be good for baseball to create that, that rivalry with St. Louis and Nashville. That would be good for baseball, a rivalry with St. Louis and Nashville. Yeah. Because they're, they're far enough apart, but their fans – there's a lot of Cardinals fans, but I'd say – to me, in Nashville, who do you think? Do you think there's more Cardinals fans in this area or Braves fans? I think there's way more Braves fans than there will be Cardinals yeah. fans. Yeah, I think it's way more Braves fans, but there is Cardinals fans. This is out Braves there. country. Yeah, that's but true. there are some Cardinals fans. So the NL Central wouldn't be bad either, though. You would just the have NL to. NL Central wouldn't be bad. I just think it, the worst case is NL East. Yeah. Yeah. They... I don't. I, I don't think it'd be good for the for Braves. No, I don't think they can do that. But the Cardinals and the Reds. I feel like both teams would travel. Both fan bases would travel. Yeah, that's right. That's that's a good point. Those the proximity of the of the uh the cities are real close. I think and, both of them like five hours. Yeah, ain't bad. And the furthest yeah. one would be the Milwaukee game for the Brewers, but all those Milwaukee fans would definitely come down to Nashville for a game. You know, all, all these teams. So if the and you gotta think though, in that division, like the layouts of the city will be the best city in the division travel wise. All those cities are coming to Nashville for away games. Yeah. Ain't, ain't the Pirates in the NL Central? I forget about them, too. Yeah, the Pirates. That's further than Milwaukee, ain't it? I don't think so. No, I think Milwaukee's further. Pittsburgh is a hell of a drive, though. Yeah, it is. Here, we got Austin saying the only thing that would be good about being in the NL East is you know every Braves, Braves game will be a sellout. Yeah, you can get you can take that to the bank. Yeah, that is definitely a fact. In both stadiums. In both stadiums. Atlanta fan, people from Atlanta are going to drive up to Nashville. You can still get that rivalry if they're in the NL Central too. Yeah, they'll still play. So the NL is not necessarily the worst, the worst division or the worst league for them to be in. It would suck a little bit, but that would that wouldn't be bad if they were in the NL Central. You're right. No, nah, I don't think so. I just think AL East. They're not going to compete in AL East. Oh no, they're going to be dog water in the LA, AL East. Is the Astros AL Central or are they West now? The Astros are in the West, I want to say. They used to be in the Central. No, no, no. Who, what, the, where, what division are they in? So we got the Twins, the Pirates, or I mean the, the Twins and the, the Tigers. They're in the West. The Astros are in the division. So in the Central. Is, in the, what were you about to say? Who else is in that? In the AL Central, the Twins, the Tigers. Twins, Tigers, uh, the Commanders. Are they oh, the yeah, Commanders? Tremendous. Is that their name? The, the Guardians. 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 Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, Cleveland. So we got 
Cleveland, Chicago, Minnesota, Kansas City. I forget about them. That's oh, a that's dog. A team. That's a dog. Yeah, that's... Dog water division. Oh, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. I'd rather be in that. That one. division is garbage. Who else is that? AL Central chat. Also, who's uh, who else in the AL Central? I think you we got it all. all five. You just said all five. Did I? Yeah. Who did I say? Cleveland, Minnesota, Chicago, the Royals, and, and the Tigers. And the Tigers. That would be a good division to be in. But that that yeah. travel. That might be the worst traveling division there is for fans, though. That would be, yeah, it wouldn't be good for baseball, but it would be good for the the Nashville to win the division. Right. For from a sporting perspective, it would be better. Yeah. But I think I think the Twins is in first place, and they play on like five hundred balls. That division exactly. is terrible. Exactly. If they manage to get in that division, it would be rough on the fans, but it would be an opportunity for them to win right off the bat. And of course, yeah, but, you know. A lot can change in, in three, four years, however long it takes for the expansion team to get there. But that AL East ain't going nowhere. The NL East ain't going nowhere. Them two divisions are out of question. I, I don't even know if Nashville is, like, geographically. I feel like that's why I ask because it's, like, it could go east or central geographically. Right. It's in the middle. So in the uh, yeah. in the NFL, they don't have an east division, granted, but they're in the south. Uh Memphis is in the Western Conference, which is crazy in the NBA. Yeah, yeah that is weird. Uh, I want to say the Preds are in the West too in the NHL. No, that don't make no sense. Let me see. It might. It might not make sense because I might be wrong. Let me see. God, look, I type in Preds Preds Conference, and I'm I'm looking at this damn submarine. I don't give a damn about the submarine. They're in the West, ain't they? <laughs> I don't give a damn about the submarine. That's why I didn't mention it on here. Why did submarine pop up? That's stupid. That's stupid. Western Central, the Preds. Yep. Nashville SC is in the East, though. All right. So, Damn, yeah, so they all over the place. Yeah, they're all over the place for, for Nashville yeah. teams. So, I mean, it's because they're smack dab in the middle. Yeah, it's right there in the middle. But I don't think we won't be in no West in, in the MLB. But this also goes out of question with if they potentially do some reshuffling in the divisions. You know? That's, that's possible. With the two that's expansion like teams. When... when uh. When the Astros switched from NL to AL, they restructured the divisions. Right. Yeah, Austin says the AL Central makes the most sense. I think so, too. Yeah. But I think it does make the most sense. It makes the most sense from a sporting perspective with, with wanting to win, travel a little bit. But the more I think about it, the more I want the Nashville Stars in the NL Central, to be honest. that's That Cardinals and Nashville Stars rivalry already has the – the blueprint for a really good rivalry. Both teams have heavy roots in the Negro Leagues, too. This National Stars team was was a former Negro League team. St. Louis is one of the, you know, they've got a really rich history in that respect. So I think, I'm just thinking of the, the throwback jerseys now, how nice that would be in their matchup. God, dog. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice. Well, yeah, man. And then imagine they, they both make the playoffs, the Braves and the National make the playoffs. Man, you talk about play, playoff series October between Atlanta and Nashville. Man, I'm here to see it, man. That's what I'm wanting. Hopefully they can get this done. Cause like I said in that uh in the in the damn poll that the athletic did, it was like sixty eight percent uh Nashville, you know? Yeah. Over all the, the other cities. One? The next city was Montreal at ten. They need another team too. They they don't they the team left them. Why would they want another team up there? 
the same reason that they want another team in Seattle for basketball? Uh, yeah, that makes sense. What division were the Expos in when they were playing? They were in the NL, weren't they? No, they were AL East. They were AL East? Yeah, that's why. And then they switched to the NL. That's why the Astros went to the AL. Oh. So surely Montreal would be in the AL. That's what I'm saying. They've got to do some they've got to do some division shuffling if they get these teams. If Montreal gets the team and if Nashville gets the team. And Charlotte is third at uh among the players what they think. And surely they would be hopefully they throw them in the AL East. I ain't gonna lie. They need to go to the yeah. AL East if Charlotte gets a team. But if they so if Charlotte and Montreal, both those teams look like they would be in the AL East. Historically, Montreal was in the AL East, you know? Yeah. So that would sort of negate the AL East for Nashville. We wouldn't have to worry about that. So it would be down to the Central Divisions or the NL East. But I don't see the NL East happening either. That doesn't make sense. Historically or geographically, it doesn't make sense. So it would have to be we're, we're down to the Central Divisions or the NL East. Or no, 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 not the NL East, but we're down to the Central Division, the NL and AL Central, which would be best case scenario. I'm indifferent. Now, the more I think about it, I like the NL Central a lot, but the AL Central will be the best sporting-wise and be able to win. So if we get in yeah. one of them two divisions, that's a win-win. Hey, you, you think they'll do it how the NHL did it when the, the Knights came up or whatever the Vegas team is called? Oh, what did they do with them? How They, they shoveled they, somebody over to the East? Yeah, they – no, I'm saying like – Players wise, like I don't know, oh. I don't follow hockey, but someone said they had like a fantasy draft type of thing. Really? Yeah, you think baseball would do that? No way they can. I don't think it was, no like, way. <laughs> it was like each team had so many players that they could lock in that the, the expansion team could not take. And didn't Vegas and, win? Because it's like in Vegas, but yeah, that's one that's why they won because it was like they had top players, but not the top top players, but they Man. had a good team. Who would you take? If you were Nashville and you get the first pick, Chad, who would y'all take with the first pick of expansion That'd with the crazy. fantasy draft? It ain't gonna be Otani, you know. He's locked in. He's locked in. So how did they determine who's available to be picked? That's, that's what I'm saying. I don't know how it all worked. I don't follow. Hockey. What did they Someone do before with expansion teams? I got to look that up, and we'll talk about that on Monday show. What they yeah, did, yeah, yeah. what they did with expansion. So we might even have a. Okay, Austin said so they can only protect six players from their roster. So Vegas got to pick any one player outside of that. Six is steep because you're picking yeah. seven top players. I mean, how many players are on a hockey roster at a time? That's that's the question I want to know because then we could we could sort of correlate that to baseball with a forty man, six from each team. Damn, how many how many players on the NHL roster? That's what I want to know. Hey, I honestly, if, it, if, if it's six in baseball, you can make a good team off that. Cause Hell you, yeah. You can get a good pitcher, good hit. Like any, you can get a lot off of just people six. locking in six people. All right, so they let you protect. So there's about 20. So they let you protect a little over a third. So a little over a third for a 40 man is it's like 13 people. 13 no, people? No, it's more 15, than 30, 45. 15, 15. 14. Yeah. So 14, be, yeah. they probably let you protect 15 people. So you can get some good players off of that outside of a team's top 15. You still got to get a farm system, too. Prospects, too. Yeah. Yeah. So these guys, so that's 15, probably including farm and all that. That would be crazy. 
as an organization, how do you, how do you, how do you set up for that? Like, do I want to <laughs> submit? Do I want to save my team for now or for the future? That type of thing. Right. It makes things interesting for sure. Yeah, it does. So, like, if you look at if you look at the Reds or somebody, of course, they probably would protect their prospects. They would protect the the De La Cruz cat. Yeah, you got to. But a team like the Dodgers, who has a so heavy MLB loaded team, you can definitely get some gem of prospects out of them. Yeah, you know, you could. and but you got to think. Again, Go ahead. That's that's how the Dodgers got that MLB crazy team is because they traded all their prospects. Right. Yeah. Because they're playing for the now. They ain't worried about the future. Mm-hmm. And they ain't winning nothing, though. Right. Also said, and think about it, though, there were teams that were leaving good players unprotected because it allowed them to move a contract, for example, or a good player getting old. Man, the shit can get complicated, man. Yeah, baseball. Baseball crazy. Especially crazy with business. baseball, with the guaranteed yeah. contracts and such. And a team like Nashville will have to they'll have to have a salary cap number in their head at what they want to do. Surely what they you know, what they'll probably do is try and pick up a bunch of prospects for the low with low contracts and probably have one or two big names come in that are probably making like two your twenty, twenty five million. That would be the safe thing. That would be the smart thing to do is to try and load yeah. up on really good prospects. Not necessarily go for the gusto and pick a whole bunch of star players because you still you're still going to be in a rut after what five years? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Especially in baseball, it's tough. Exactly. So I think the smart thing we'll probably do would be get one or two quote unquote you know high end players, and then fill the rest out with with prospects and free agents. I think you, I, the the approach I would take is uh if if the draft type of thing were to happen, you got to get top pitching, MLB ready arms. Yeah, that's important. And then build your team around that. Get the prospects, like you said. You can have just role players in the field, but you got to have those arms ready for a while. Yeah. And then have the prospects come up and take over, and your team would be crazy. Exactly. That's a good point, but Austin, who would be our affiliate? Those affiliates get swapped and changed around a lot, too. Yeah, like Nashville. The Nashville Sounds went from the Brewers to the A's to someone else. Now they're back with the Brewers. Yeah. So you would think Nashville would have to be our affiliate? Isn't there a team out east in Eastern Tennessee, the Grizzlies? There's a there's a couple teams in East Tennessee. There's the Lookouts, Chattanooga Lookouts. Yeah, you got the Chattanooga else. team. The Cardinals have yeah, the team down in Memphis, the Redbirds. Yeah, the Redbirds. There's a team in Bristol. They affiliated. They were affiliated with Astros a few years ago. I don't know who they are now. Right. They've got to. There's no way Manfred like this. This doesn't sound like it can be a two or three year thing to get done. It no, it dude, seems like it's ten many, years away. Yeah, it's too many moving parts in baseball. Like it has in football, to be. you could just build a stadium, get a team, play. Right. But baseball, it's so it's so deep that you know with the I didn't even think about the affiliate. That's a good point, Austin. The affiliates. Yeah, so we have to expand on the minor leagues for the affiliates. Do you need you need a, an extra team in each league? Don't you? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that's an extra stadium. But then. Also, what's the expansion? Is it two teams? They want two teams. That's what Manfred wants is two teams. So out of the six divisions, there's going to be two divisions with six teams in it. That's what That's and what the, else I don't understand. The other divisions, too, are just going to five. It just don't make sense. They have to reshuffle the divisions. They've got to reshuffle the schedules because it's sort of going to be unfair for those teams with six, six teams in their division to be playing their division more often than they would play out of division. 
they're yeah, just gonna beat up exactly. on each other or if they're bad they'll just be farming wins you know what i mean yeah like that al central is just gonna be farming wins the right they're just gonna keep winning in their division right but still be garbage outside the division yeah so i don't i don't know man that's just gonna be complicated yeah it's just too many moving parts i mean i would hope that they thought about this they, they're making the money for it it's the it's the mlb they ain't really uh they ain't been the model sports organization nah. in the last couple of years. That's true. What did you think about the CP3 trade? Where he he went to the Warriors. He went to the Warriors for uh, Jordan Poole. Oh, yeah. I don't know, man. He's uh, I think he want to get back there close to California, close to Kim K. You know. I, I don't know why the Warriors or why the Suns would want Jordan Poole though. Not the Suns, the uh, Wizards. Oh, so then who the Suns get out the trade? The Suns had they that's they weren't in this trade. They had got Bradley Beal. How the Suns weren't in the trade if oh it was separate trades. They released Chris Paul. No, they uh they traded him to they traded him to the Wizards. I think he was in that in that trade for Beal, I think. I'm not sure. It was it was two different trades yeah. though. It's it's it, it was complicated. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. But nonetheless, I think I think he'll do well out there if he stays healthy. You know what I mean? I think it, he'll help out the the Warriors for sure. Yeah, they. But I don't see so so Jordan Poole's on the Wizards. Mm-hmm. And then Bradley Beal went where? Phoenix. Okay, that team that he's gonna help them way more than Chris Paul did. No, for sure. I think he fits them a lot more than Chris Paul did. Yeah, that spreads the floor because he's a way better scorer than Chris Paul, and the floor is just gonna go crazy now. Yeah, so they start being a hoe. Who? DeAndre Ayton. Uh, have they paid him, bro? Why is he acting like that? Bro, he's acting like a hoe, man. Why, bro? He went from being, you know, a pretty good, yeah. a pretty good player to acting and like it. Especially in the, in the playoffs before they paid him, he was dominant. That's what I was. Dominant, we yeah. Us, we got to pay this dude. And then he just plays like that after getting paid. It's crazy. Hey, what about what about your boy Wimbiana, the dude from France, going to San Antonio talking about he want breakfast tacos? He's stupid. Bro, what are he talking about breakfast tacos, bro? He need to be worried about them churros. Yeah, exactly. At, at Frida. Yeah, at Frida. At Frida down in San Antonio. This is not an ad. They got they got some good churros down there. They got all the sauces, man. Man, hey, he don't have fun in San Antonio. I think he will. I th- I don't think he'll play right off the bat either. I think they'll try and ease him into it. You know, no, they're. You- it's too much hype around him. You gotta play him immediately. You, I don't, I don't think he's no. I th- I'm not saying I don't think he'll play immediately. Like he'll be sitting the bench. I don't think he'll be playing 35, 38, oh, 40 minutes. Yeah, so gotta, he's too big. You gotta preserve him. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they'll ease him into into a minute. <laughs> that man Austin said he built like a ruler. Nah, yeah. it's a yardstick. That, that yeah, man exactly. built like a yardstick. I think he'll do well though. I don't think yeah. Papa put him in the position to where he'll uh, be down in the post getting bodied and shit. You know, I think I think he'll he'll let him play around the perimeter and and be him. You know, yeah, you got to. And Pop is one of the best coaches in the league, so he's gonna he's gonna find gonna a way find to get the ways. best the best out of him. Yeah, he's gonna find ways to get him the ball in his spot. Right, man. What else? What else? Did you watch that Vols game against LSU? Nah, I caught the end of it. I had just got off work. Man, they uh, they hit like five guys, made a bunch of crucial errors. It was tough to watch, man. 
I mean, the Vols wasn't even supposed to make it though, so it's good that they <laughs> they ended up making it in there. Right? Yeah, yeah. This was this team wasn't as strong as last year's, but they still made a they still made yeah, a good the push. Team last year was crazy, and was they the didn't even make it. Yeah, exactly. But uh, hopefully they get some good guys in a portal this year, and and that recruiting class coming in to be really good too, man. They they got some crazy arms. Dude, the that, that's, that's that's what they built off of, and that's yeah. how they've been forever. They just get some crazy arms. What's that cat from uh from the Nashville area's name? I forget his name. One throwing, he was throwing one hundred and four and shit. His name's on the tip of my tongue. Pause. When like last year? This year? I don't know. I know Dolander the truth though. He had to have a good name? season. All right, man. I'm talking about the Joyce kid. No, it's the newer dude. They had they had Joyce too. Joyce is throwing. He threw one hundred and five, but they had a guy through one hundred and four. Oh, 103, yeah. the relief Perfect. pitcher at the College World Series this year. You know, Ben Joyce went to, went to Walters before he went to UT. Did he? Yeah. When was he I, at Walters? He was, he was there. He was there after I was at Columbia. I don't know though. I think he was there like 28. How much younger is he than us? Two years? Like two or three, yeah. It's not Ben Joyce. What the hell's his nah. name? He used to be a starter. Also, you know the uh the relief pitcher for the Vols that came in and was Throwing gas. Oh, you talking about Chase Burns? Chase Burns, yeah. Hey, Chase Burns is cold. Bro. That, bro. He was he came into relief. Uh, yeah, the he, last he was game. the number he was the number two starter. Yeah. For the whole for the beginning of the year, and then he he lost it. And then he came in the bullpen and was just going crazy. Man, how are you a, how are you coming out the pen throwing four pitches, four strikeout pitches, spotting them up and everything? Hey, is it the the adrenaline, you know, when you start, you got too much time to think, and then the adrenaline wears off by the time you on the mountain throwing. Right. You come out the pen, and it's just like immediately, bro. You you just in the game. Right. In the middle of the game, so it's crazy. You just got all that adrenaline is just pumping. So you pumping gas. He came in, I think, the fourth, the fourth of four. I think it was the middle of the fourth. He came in, and through the rest of the game, he threw like five. Five and five and a third or five and two thirds had like nine K's out of relief. Ridiculous. He reminded me of Ben Wilford. <laughs> a taller version of Ben Wilford. Yeah, just just like slingshot a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, he man, he got it. He's gonna be a starter next year, I'd imagine. Unless he goes into the draft. I think, How old is I he? think he opted into the draft. He opted into the draft? I think he should. He should if, if he, he didn't. If, if he's eligible. Yeah. I, yeah. After coming off of this, you gotta opt into the draft. He should be eligible, I'd imagine. I think he is, but I don't know. You you throwing four pitches, spotting up four pitches like that with a damn he's throwing like a two seam slash sinker that's moving four inches at at uh at a hundred miles per hour, and he's got a slider at ninety three moving six inches. And the spin rate, he's got elite spin rate already. Yeah, he's it'd be he might be a sophomore, because I didn't hear no MLB talks about him. I think he's young. Oh, yeah. He's only a sophomore, bro. He got another year. You know what that sound like? What? Sound like he's going to be the starting pitcher for Nashville Stars. Oh, well, I mean, he <laughs> might be. <laughs> they got to get him. He's a local kid, too. I think he's from Laverne. Oh, is he from Laverne? Yeah, he's from Middle Tennessee. I think he's from Laverne. But, man, you talk about. That's who we need right there, who Nashville Stars need. That guy's throwing gas. Hopefully he'd be able to uh, be better with his transition back to being a starter this coming year. 
because he's definitely got the talent, man. That's unquestioned. Like I said, man, it's all mental. Right. And I guess he just lost it mentally. But then he had that – he still had the the ability. So he came out the pen and just was like, all right, I got to do my job instead of too much thinking. Right. But, I I mean, the offseason, he'll be straight. He'll come back with – especially coming off of this success, he'll come back next year and be straight. He'll be hungry. You know, yeah, I think it, exactly. I think it'll do really well. Austin said I mean, he wasn't. Go ahead. He wasn't the only one that struggled, though. Dolander struggled, but he just didn't struggle as hard, I guess. Right. He was struggling, too. Yeah. Dolander lost the number one spot. He was he became the number two to the I forgot the dude's name. I think the dude was a freshman. He took the number one spot. Mm hmm. The whole team struggled this year, to be honest. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why I said they wasn't supposed to make it. And they right. still did. So that just shows the character of that team and that. They should be bringing back quite a few of those players, and they're going to be hungry next year, man. I think they'll do. I think they'll do really well, especially depending on I who think, they get in the portal. I think it speaks volumes on uh, Vital or whatever the coach. Vitello, yeah, yeah. Like you made them decisions to change stuff around, and ended up working out even with all the struggles. Exactly, he definitely earned his money this year. Yeah, for sure. You know, when you when you recruit well, it's one thing to recruit well and have the best team on the field, but when you and he he's proved that last year. You know, being able to win with that. But when you don't necessarily have the best team on the field, you got to actually manage and and you're you're managing your decisions work out. That speaks volumes to you as a coach. Yeah, exactly. That's more that's more important to me than being able to steady the ship when you got the best team on the field and winning that way. Yeah, that's that's Steve Kerr. Right. Exactly. You know, (laughs) it's he's always going to have that over his head. Like, I mean, yeah, you're a good coach and all. But hell, you had fucking Steph Curry. Yeah, you got the best team in the league. Clay Thompson set the lineup exactly, and and they probably doing that. Yeah, they probably doing that. Yeah. So, man, I don't know, man. We'll see next year how the Vols do. I'm hoping to get uh, Christian Scott on here for an interview here soon. One of these morning shows coming up. I'm gonna reach out to him, give him give him some time to process the the season and all that. This is senior year. Yeah, yeah. This is a senior year. I'm not mistaken. And that'd be crazy if you got him on there. Yeah, that's the plan. We'll see. Give him some time to process the process the season and whatnot. Yeah, but yeah, man, I appreciate you calling in. We finna uh, we finna close this sucker out. Hell yeah! All right, man. I see you. All right, holla at you. All right. That was Jose calling in, a member of the show, member of TFTV. Let me see. I think we've touched on just about everything today. Pause. We touched on. Nashville SC losing, unfortunately. They got a big game against Columbus coming up on Wednesday. I'm undecided if I'm going to live stream that or not. I might live stream that. Uh, Arsenal finalizing the deal for Havertz. There might be some news on that now. Let me check real quick. That shit changes by the minute. Let me see. I don't think anything has happened since, since we've started the stream. No, nothing's happened. Havertz is undergoing his medical in Spain over the weekend. So hopefully that deal will be done by Monday. I guess he's on holiday and they're going there. Oh. Overpay for who? Arsenal are preparing their, their second bid for Timber. Expect to be submitted to IX soon. That's a, another update that we have. Hopefully we get Timber. You think they overpay for Havertz? $65 million altogether? No way. Ain't no way. Sports Section Morning Show.
And what do you think about Pulisic if Havertz is a fraud? Pulisic is definitely a fraud. But nobody, to be honest, nobody looks good in that in that Chelsea setup. They haven't had an attacker look look good since Hazard left, to be honest. Nobody. You had Lukaku come in there and fail. Werner come in there and fail. Havertz come in there and, and underperform. Pulisic come in there and fail. It's just, he's going to look a lot better in Arsenal's setup under Arteta, to be honest. I didn't mention Captain America. What are you talking about? Austin, Austin said... Captain America, don't don't speak on Captain America like that. I didn't mention Captain America. I mentioned Pulisic. Bolligan, Falarn Bolligan is Captain America. You know that. I ain't mentioned, I ain't mentioned Bolligan. But uh man, I think so with him being in Arteta setup, they say he's gonna be, yeah, Falarn, like the Wale album. Uh he's gonna be playing as a nine, like a false nine for Arsenal. I think he'll do extremely well in that role, man. Because he's not gonna be expected. You're not expecting him to score 20 goals in this setup. He's just going to be like a facilitator in that role. And that's what he's best at is facilitating and setting other guys up. He couldn't do that at Chelsea. They expected the man to score 20-some goals, and he wasn't getting 20-some goals worth of service. It's not going to happen. But you'll see. A lot of players are going to do a lot better once they leave Chelsea. Lukaku got on fire towards the end of this season. Pulisic, if he goes to AC Milan, he'll do a lot better. I mean... These guys are going to do a lot better when they leave Chelsea. Chelsea is just a cesspool. It's not. It's not the best best setup they got going on there, to be honest. But yeah, man, Captain America, man, Captain America, my ass. This Falaron Balligan is is Captain America. Pulisic, who could he go into the Bundesliga with though? I mean, he he ain't going back to Dortmund. They're not going to take him. Uh, Bayern, he's not good enough for Bayern. So there's no really no other team for him to go back to unless he goes to Leverkusen under Tabi Alonso. They could use him, but they sort of play with, I don't know, if they lose Musa Diaby, that wouldn't be a bad shout. They had Hudson Adoy out there from Chelsea. So Chelsea and Leverkusen have a relationship. That wouldn't be a bad idea. But I think Pulisic wants to go to a prestigious club. Like, he's been linked to AC Milan. I think that'd be a good move for him. Really, I don't think it'd be a good move for him, honestly. I misspoke. Because they got Rafa Leal out there. Pulisic isn't going to start on the left. He isn't going to start on the left, and Rafa Leal plays on the left. So he's not going to be a starter out there in AC Milan unless they put him on the right. But I don't think he's best on the right. That's not his position. He plays better off the left. I think he needs to go... And he can't. So if we, if we break down the, the big teams that are that he could play for, at the moment. He can't play for Bayern. He's not going to go back to Dortmund in Germany. So if we go to France, he's not playing for PSG. He could... Yeah, he needs consistent minutes. He uh, he can't go to PSG. And, I mean, France, there really ain't no other teams to go to out there. Maybe Marseille. But Marseille is not, would not best necessarily be the best setup for him. Uh, Italy... AC Milan, he's not going to play. He's not going to be a starter off the left. That's where he needs to start at. He needs to get consistent. Like you said, Austin, he needs consistent minutes, but he needs them in the best position for him, which is off the left, like a left winger. So AC Milan is not going to be able to, to give him that. Inter Milan plays with wingbacks. He's not a wingback. Chelsea tried that, and it didn't work. Uh, Juventus, they've got Chiesa. He plays on the left. He plays on the left, so that's that's not going to happen. Even though they've got, there's rumors of him leaving, and 
Roma, Roma would be a good option. Honestly, I think Roma would be good for Christian Pulisic. I think he could succeed out there. He'd be Tammy Abraham just broke or tore his ACL. So he's not going to have a striker with a lot of service. But I think that would be a good team for him, Roma. But honestly, I think the best thing for Christian Pulisic would be to stay in the Premier League. He should stay in the Premier League and go to one of these mid-table sides like a Fulham or uh, a Brentford or something like that. They're, yeah, they're not as prestigious as your AC Milans and such. He's going to play week in, week out. He's going to get consistent game time in that left wing. He's still going to be in the Premier League, and he's still going to be playing against the best competition in the world. You know, if he goes to France or something, that competition is not nearly as good. But if he's in the Premier League still, playing for a team like Brentford, playing for a team, oh, Leeds got relegated, bro. You don't want you don't want that to happen. I was going to say Leeds, but they got relegated. They tried the U.S. Men's National Team shit and got relegated. So I don't. I think that project is done, pal. <laughs> they tried Project U.S. Men's National Team, but yeah, I don't. Think, <laughs> it would be nice. It would be cool if he did that and got them back up. But I don't think he'll go playing the in the championship. That would be cool if he got them back up, though. But I think McKinney's leaving anyway. He's he's already headed back to Juventus. But they need that that uh, midfielder that Leeds has, Brendan Aronson. I think that's his name. It's Aarons, Aarons or Aronson. He's a monster, Brandon Aronson. I think. He's a monster. He needs to go to, you know, him and Pulis just need to team up somewhere where they go. They can find a mid-table, a mid-table Premier League team or a team like Burnley. That's where Pulisic needs to go. He needs to go to Burnley. They just got they just got brought up to the Premier League. They play good football with Vincent Company. And they, you know, they they were exceptional in the championship. He needs to go to Burnley. Him and Aronson need to go to Burnley. That's what I want. I'm calling I'm calling now. Christian Pulisic, go to Burnley. Learn your craft under Vincent Company. He's a disciple of Pep. He's he's been coached by Pep Guardiola, Mancini, Pellegrini. He's been there with with uh Arteta's been there. He's got the the pedigree and the know-how to get Pulisic where he needs to be to where he can be Captain America Part 2. Or Junior, Captain America Junior. He can be Sergeant America. Christian Pulisic, go to Burnley so you can be Sergeant America. That's what we need. So you can you can uh, feed uh, Bolligan, and we might be able to do something to, with the World Cup and and something. But they've got the America has the talent to do it. That's for sure. But Burnley is definitely where I think he should go. That's I think that's what I'm saying, Chat. We we figured out where Christian Pulisic needs to do. His his owner his his uh, his agent needs to hear this. Christian Pulisic, go to Burnley. That's what it is. That's what it is. Isn't the World Cup in 2026 in America too? Is it not? Ain't that World Cup in 2026 World Cup? That's the one that's in uh and uh that's in yeah, it's the North American World Cup. They bro, they've got a they have to make the quarterfinals at the minimum for the World Cup. Oh, you're taking off a whole month? Shit, I might too by that time. That would be lit. Hell yeah. We'll have to get in on that. Awesome. What do you think about Nashville? Let's see. What do, they, what do you think they're going to do with Columbus coming up in, on Wednesday? They need a win. But they also, man, all their players look dog tired by the end of the, by the, end of the uh, 
the game on Wednesday, the midweek game. They look tired. Look, they might need a rest. <coughs> they played the diamond, but Mukhtar was just up top. What do you think about that uh that miss, that open goal miss by Washington? Dude, I threw the remote when I seen that. Open header from eight yards, and he put the some bitch in the tenth row of the stands. It was ridiculous. It was pitiful. All right, man, it was ridiculous, man. Let me see what else we got. We do need the right personnel, for sure. But that that's not gonna happen overnight. But I mean, they're still doing well, so we'll see. They need Rob Holden from Arsenal. That's what they need. He was at CMAs a couple weeks ago, supposedly. But keep peace on internet break. It's going to be hard. Yeah, for sure. They got to spend some money. That's for sure. They've got to spend some money. But here we go. I think we're going to wrap up the sports section morning show. It was a great, a great show, everybody. We appreciate the call-ins. Appreciate the comments. Uh, podcast is going to be up by the end of the day. Video is going to be up by the end of tomorrow. So... We got the sports section morning show. We appreciate y'all. The sports section morning show. See y'all. Y'all be easy. Hopefully on the next stream, we talking about D-Hop to the Titans. Don't got no heart, I got an icebox. Hopefully. We can hope. Say your prayers. Moving slowly, I know the street hype. No more double, go ahead and detox. Yeah, yeah. Came from the trenches, they ain't showing us no love. Dugging in the city, all we wanted was a hug, yeah. We on the block like every night to catch a buzz. Get the cash and tell my family out the hood, that's a must. What's up? Hood, baby, with no soldiers. Bad past never left my mind, it's taking over. No, I should've died, that's why it's hard to stay sober. Glad to see the sun, but my heart getting colder. Life's all crazy, what we been through. When you die, the only time that they gon' miss you. Tell my mama, no more tears, no more tissue. We were just on hood, baby, with some issues. Hood baby from the struggle Long time had a hustle Glad we made it through I'm just glad we made it through Hood baby from the struggle Long time had a hustle Glad we made it through I'm just glad we made it through Pull up in the rain, see me ballin', yeah 30 piece on my wrist like I'm hardin' Either they love me or I'm a target Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I saw me you flawless. I've been busy and picking up when you calling. And on purpose, I hate the fact we ain't talking. But anything that you need, dog, I got you. I mean that. All this pressure make it hard not to relax. Build up aggression, make it hard for me to relax. To the hood, baby, in a way that I'ma lead at. My dogs need hope, step it up, I gotta be that. Cause life's so crazy, oh, it ain't though. I'ma love you way before I gotta miss you. Call this mama by my side, bring some tears, oh. It was just a hood, baby, with some mission. Hood, baby, from the struggle. I'm
Thank y'all for a great show, man. Thank y'all for a great show. Sports Section Morning Show. Podcast will be up soon. Video will be up tomorrow. Appreciate y'all.